Hello, welcome to Mikey Pod, episode 248 for January 9th, 2016. Today's guest is Jason Oliver, and I'm your host, Michael Heron. I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller, and vegan activist based in New York City. Starting this month, I am going to be narrowing the focus of my guests and having conversations with creators and artists who create work around activism. I've been doing this podcast for like 12 years, over 12 years. And is it 12 years or 11 years? I think 12 years. I always forget these things. Um, and it's been like a pretty uh, uh, artists and creators and activists who interest me. I'm narrowing the focus a little bit. And uh, yeah, so we have a great guest to start that out today. Jason Oliver is a uh, singer, songwriter, and activist in the Bay Area in California. And uh, he just released an album. We'll be talking about that in a minute. But if you would like to know more about me, stop by my website at michaelherron.com. Hit me up on social media everywhere as at michaelherron and leave a voicemail at 347-460-1753 or email mikeypod at gmail.com. So this podcast is a day late. I apologize. Uh, And I just wrote a blog post about this. All weekend, I was protesting at Madison Square Garden with a bunch of activists, um, bull riding. There was a whole bull riding thing happening in the city. And New York City... Um, it was a lot. It was, you know, like, and I always want to preface this stuff with like, it, it was a lot and nowhere near how horrific it was for the animals who were being exploited at this thing. But, you know, like this is a particularly, uh, rough crowd to go protest, um, because they're bullies. Like the whole thing they do is bully animals and, um, so they're going to bully protesters too. I mean, we were all like, there were a lot of protesters. I would say there were around 50 at each protest and there were three of them, one for each, each day that this, uh, performance was going on or whatever you want to call it. Um, so there was a lot of like kind of bullshit stuff, you know, the typical people eating tasty animals. I love meat. And then there would always be someone saying USA as if we were an anti-USA thing. People saying we love Trump. People flipping us off, people spitting, you know, like, it's fucked up. (laughs) But it's fucked up people. Like, I hate, I shouldn't categorize like that. It's people whose lifestyle is much different than mine, and they're, you know. So the last day, um, a bunch of us went out to document the bulls being loaded onto the trucks. And it was an extremely cold weekend, like single digit uh, over the weekend. And we're not sure if the bulls stayed in the trucks overnight. Um, these trucks are just like metal. You've seen them, I'm sure, these metal trucks. Uh, like you see livestock being moved in with holes, like ventilation holes. But it was like single digits. <laughs> and there was literally frost on the trucks. Um, and this is what they were being transported in or maybe staying in overnight. Um, so the last day, a bunch of us were out trying to take pictures and video. And granted, some of the activists were pretty heated, too. But there came a point, like 34th Street, right by uh, Madison Square Garden, was blocked off. And uh, these dudes, <laughs> we were like, people were like, eh, we were in the way. And they were trying to get this big truck out. All of a sudden, this dude on a horse with a lasso starts ramming his horse, like charging us with a horse on 34th Street. Police there, P.S., not doing anything. Um and I'm trying, the course charging thing happened a couple of times. And the second time it happened, I was trying to get out of the way. Some random guy grabbed me, picked me up and threw me on the ground. 
and uh, this happened on the street in New York City, and the cops didn't do anything. And I, we had footage of this happening. Uh, I talked to two different cops who were very like uninterested, and they, the first one just said, "Oh, that's not assault. You're not injured." Um, and the second one didn't really say it wasn't assault. Anyway, I wound up not trying to press charges or anything like that. Uh, so that's what happened. And yesterday, like, the, I tend to kind of roll my eyes at myself and others when I talk about self-care for activists um, or when I hear other people saying it. But I think it's a real thing. And yesterday was a day I didn't realize how bad I felt um, sort of emotionally and in this world of like, whoa, this is it. Like, uh, uh, being vegan and speaking out for animals is already a thing where <laughs> it's, it's like living in a freaky world because you're telling you're trying to tell people how horrible it is and they get mad at you for trying to speak up for animals and they act like you're an idiot or overly sensitive and like all of the people like i have lots of vegan friends now but especially before you know when like all the people i know know like there's nobody that i know who can say oh i had no idea what was happening to animals like they know and for whatever reason they don't care enough to stop participating in it and and i i'm getting more less and less likely to be apologetic about being direct and honest about this stuff um so yeah it it, it's it takes a toll i guess and of course not as big a toll as, as what happens to the animals i'm trying to speak up for but being at this rodeo thing was a lot it's like uh i hate to use the word fishbowl hello but you know like it's that it's right there right like you're you're standing there asking people to please stop harming animals and they're making fun of you ignoring you rolling their eyes acting like you're an idiot telling you to get a job which where does that come from to begin with so yesterday was a day of this is a long way of saying like i'm sorry the podcast wasn't up yesterday but i not because I realized today like oh I was trying to get back to normal for a day um and I did and I feel better um and I'm gonna keep on doing my thing so that's that let me know what you think of this idea of a focus a tighter focus on the podcast of activist artists not necessarily all vegans It'll probably have that slant just because that's the world I'm in. Um, but if anyone who's listening has an interest in being on the podcast or there's an activist artist or activist creator, it could be like a YouTube creator. It could be someone who started a baking business or, you know, any type of thing that where they connected their advocacy with something else they're passionate about. I would love to talk to them because I think it's a really cool, um, it's a really cool topic and I think it's a really exciting way that we're able to get our activist messages out. So that said, someone who is doing just that is Jason Oliver. Um, I mentioned already, he's a singer songwriter based in the Bay area. He has a brand new album out and it's uh protest songs, volume one, boom. And this first song is called rescue you. <laughs> So cruel. 
a Costco nightmare She was so scared Now she's doing much better Digging in the soil and the sand Chilling with her non-human friends At the sanctuary Sanctuary Rescue you from Jason Oliver, and Jason Oliver is joining me right now. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Michael. Yay! I'm super excited to be able to talk to you. And you, you this collection of songs just came out what last week? I think is that right? Yeah, December 23rd. So uh, yeah, let's talk about it. The song "Rescue You" that we just we just heard. Do you have? Can you yeah. give me a little background about it? Yeah. So that that song I. I uh, have participated in Open Rescue, and you know that song is about a number of uh, Open Rescues. Uh, the first being was uh, Ella, which is a Costco investigation, which we did in 2016 in the fall. 
and we investigated a cage-free egg facility that was also organic, and we just found, you know, hor horrific conditions. We found chickens cannibalizing each other, and we rescued a chicken there named Ella, and so I just wanted to, you know, tell, tell her story, and then also I participated in a rescue, a uh, pig rescue at this facility in California, which we found, we actually found a deadly a strep, strep, I think it's bacteria, a MRSA, it's called. We found, oh, yeah. We found MRSA on the farm, and that's uh, really deadly, and uh, we rescued Miley and, a, and a, another, another pig as well, and so let's see, we talked about Ella, Miley, Lily, and then there's kind of a shout out to the, to all the, like some of the other um, investigations that we've done as well. Of course, I couldn't, you know, name all the animals that we, re yeah. all the animals that we rescued that would make the song like, you know, I don't know, half an hour or something, but like, you know, I just wanted to kind of give a shout out to just, you know, all the, all the animals and tell their stories a little bit. Which came first, your music or your activism, or did they sort of come together? I think as far as the animal rights songs, they, they, they really came together because I think beforehand, before the act, the, especially the open rescue activism, I actually hadn't really hung out with animals. Um, I had been vegan for a number of years, but I hadn't visited uh, sanctuaries until I, farm sanctuaries until I moved to California, actually, until uh, my partner and I, we moved to the Bay Area and started getting involved with uh, direct action everywhere in the fall of 2014. And they do sanctuary work days like every month, pretty much. And so we got a chance to meet, you know, chickens and cows and pigs. And it just it really created a personal connection for me that I didn't really have before then. You know, it's more just kind of abstract talking about animals and relating them to, you know, of course, cats and dogs, which I grew up with. But just having that personal connection, being able to develop that, you know, going to farm sanctuaries, I think is really powerful. And I, and you're on a, you're in a farm sanctuary, right? And live at one, but I, I did a lot of work at one and then various ones as, as I was traveling. Uh, oh. So yeah, I had a similar experience where I was, I was vegan and I was like, yeah, I just want to, you know, be cool to animals. <laughs> and yeah. then I started hanging out at sanctuaries and it really like, it deepened my commitment yeah. to like what I was doing. Cause I met these animals that were rescued from from humans like it, it's pretty amazing and then I, I haven't done open rescue but i've like done you know slaughterhouse vigils and stuff like that yeah which like takes it even deeper right where you're like looking yeah. at the ones that don't that don't make it or then there are some that do that that get taken out yeah that's it's it, those those actions are so intense you know so it's 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 really heartbreaking to see People just treating them like, you know, commodities, just, you know, taking them to these, these places, these, you know, torture chambers and, you know, taking their lives like that. It's really, it's awful. But I find music's very healing, you know. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's healing. And I, was, I wonder how, um, how, how doing Open Rescue especially, or I guess the Sanctuary stuff too, like how, how... I mean, it, it, it's sort of obvious, I guess, but I'm curious how it affected your music. You know, like, I know you're now writing about your experiences, but did it change how you approach just being a musician? I, I think so. I think it just really had a powerful effect because 
I had I had never seen any of these cage-free facilities, I guess, until Direct Action Everywhere's um, uh, open rescue of uh, cage-free egg farm in, I think that was released in 2015. And that was of uh, Whole Foods cage-free facility. And I just, I assumed that these facilities were better, you know, that they were, that the animals were being treated better. Uh, and, you know, there was less cruelty. And then just seeing the, the facility, it was pretty horrific just seeing how, how much, because there's, you know, on the, on these free range facilities, there's much higher rates of cannibalism um, because the birds are able, they don't have these cages to keep them from attacking each other. And so they're just crammed together and they go, they go insane and then they attack each other. I guess just being there, just that visceral experience was really, it was almost like a consciousness shifting event when I, I remember going into one of these facilities. We, we actually just had a slaughterhouse rescue. It wasn't actually during the day, but it was um, on December 29th. And yeah, I think just anytime, you know, being in these facilities, it's, it's just really, I think, creates a much more visceral connection to what's happened. And I, I honestly did feel pretty depressed. And I, I, I felt like it was pretty traumatizing. And so I think the music, sometimes beautiful music comes from a very uh, sad place, I guess. I, I think it did, it did have an impact. And I'm, I mean, I'm glad that I'm glad that I was able to make the songs, but at the same time, it, it is really, you know, it's just like a therapeutic process for me, I guess. Do you find that it's it's therapeutic for other people? You know, like just with the type of thing I do, I've like have I had activists tell me like, even though they that I was surprised that people were that activists felt empowered by the fact that I was telling my story. Like, do, are you getting that too with your music? Yeah, the, especially at the December 29th slaughterhouse rescue. We were only able to take one chicken out, and I didn't. I didn't personally go in, but I had been in when we did the action in in October this year, where we went and did civil disobedience and took out, um, I think, five animals actually. And at this one, it was a lot of people were crying. You know, it was it was uh, sad to just see the animals in cages and you know animals that were so weak they couldn't even stand. And so a lot of folks said that, you know, coming out of the slaughterhouse, being able to sing some songs or listen to some songs, you know, about animal rights um, was help, very helpful and, and therapeutic. Without practices to, to help um, rejuvenate, you know, and, and revitalize our, like our consciousness, it, it can be very draining and to do these actions. It's just so sad, like what's happening to animals, like on such a huge scale. And, yeah. and again, I haven't been on an open rescue yet. Yeah. But like, you know, I do a lot of like Kaporo stuff here in New York where there's like thousands, tens of thousands of chickens being slaughtered on the street. Wow. And it's that thing where you're just like, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to sort of connect that to what, to what it's like or what it must be like to leave an open rescue and leave all those other animals behind. Yeah. You, Cause you can't, you can't help all of them. Yeah. I've, I've heard some, some folks, Say that it's it's even yeah in those situations it's even more intense just witness witnessing the animals being killed versus just you know being even like going on an open rescue you know we're not we're not seeing typically we're not seeing animals um, being killed we're seeing animals in confinement which is awful but um, yeah seeing going to like a Kaporos 
pro, um, protests. I've heard some folks say that that's just been really traumatizing, seeing the animals just being killed and thrown. They're just thrown in the garbage bags, right? Yeah, I mean, they they do the garbage bag thing sort of, sort of like secretly. Yeah, but I mean, it's not that secret. Like, it's pretty obvious. But it's not. I I could get started. It's not. I mean, it it should be obvious to all of the people in the community. But I think they just sort of pretend that they don't see because the chickens are supposed to go to charity, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. But I mean, they're obvious, like so obviously not. But, you know, that's what their community tells them. And I think that's kind of that belief helps them sort of just continue to do the ritual. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it sucks. <laughs> I love it. It sucks. Just for the sake of um, people who are listening, I just dawned on me. Some people may not know exactly what Open Rescue is. Can you yeah. uh, tell us? Sure. Yeah. O- open Rescue is a tactic that was first undertaken in Australia, actually. I believe uh, Patty Mark was one of the first activists to do an open rescue. And what it entails is going on to a farm and documenting conditions and then looking for animals that are in need of veterinary care and taking them out of those of, of those farms and taking them to a vet. And the legal justification is this idea that like say if a dog is trapped in a car on a hot day that it's okay to break that car the window in the car and then take the dog out because there's a legal necessity defense that the dog needs like veterinary care they need help you know and so we believe that that we have that same defense going into this farm i mean we know we're going to find we know we're going to find cruelty on these facilities cuz there i mean there's just there's maybe like what 1% or 2% of farms that that aren't factory farms in in the United States. So there's going to be there are going to be sick and injured animals on pretty much any any farm that that you go to visit. And so when when we go there and we document the conditions, you know, generally we'll then re- we'll take an animal out. And we believe we you know in showing our faces because we believe it we're doing the right thing, you know, like we're breaking an unjust law just because we're breaking the law doesn't mean that we're not doing the right thing. You know, these animals need, need, uh, help. And if it was, a, if they were dogs and cats, nobody would be upset with us at all. They would be upset with the farms. You know, they would think this is atrocious this is horrific. So that's, that's basically the, the philosophy and and practice and theory, theory behind it, I guess. Yeah. It, it makes a, a lot of sense and it makes the conversation really shift like was it you probably know the details about this better than i do there was an open rescue i think in san francisco where yeah. uh, a cop actually paid the the slaughterhouse for a chicken that you guys wanted to rescue is that yeah, yeah. that was in that was in oakland at this uh this slaughterhouse that we went to on december 29th we had gone there previously in october for this weekend of activism called Convergence. And we went there and Priya, who's Priya, who's a activist with the direct action everywhere. She had a baby quail in her hand, in her hands. And she said, she's not gonna, she's not gonna give the quail 
back to uh, to the owners because the quail is going to die. The quail needs veterinary care, and she's not going to stop. And the cops were threatening to arrest her, and hmm. they said she has she can't you know she, you, you can't move. And then she said, well, then you know you're going to have to arrest me. And then one of the cops said, all right, well, how about if I just you know if I just pay for the quail, how much is the quail? And then he asked the, the slaughterhouse ma- manager, I believe. And the manager said, you know, the quail like $3, you know, and the, she had, she had found the quail in a garbage can. You know, it, when, if you look at the live stream from that act action, they were throwing, they were throwing live animals into, into garbage cans. There were some live animals that were in the garbage can and, um, and, so, you know, they, they were just going to be thrown in the trash anyway. So, but yeah, it was, it was amazing that the cop decided to pay, you know, for, for the animal. That was pretty amazing. I mean, cause the cop's not, cop's not vegan, but he can just see, you know, this is, you know, this isn't right, you know? So, yeah, I mean that, that, I think that's the interesting thing that happens with this conversation where the cops are like, oh my God, I'm actually preventing, like if I enforce a law, I'll be preventing this quail from getting help. Yeah. It's a, a, like it, it puts the cops in a really interesting position that I think is super exciting, <laughs> you know, like, because that's the conversation we need to start having. Like, why, why are we protecting the people that are causing this harm? Yeah. And, and not the people that are trying to help. It's, it's, uh, I love it. I just, yeah. I, I just felt really inspired just to see that, that happen. You know, I, I felt like that there was a shift, you know, in, in his consciousness where he, you know, decided to take action because he, he just didn't, he didn't think it was okay for, you know, the animals to be treated this way, you know, so. Yeah. It, it's so funny when I was planning to talk to you, I was like, oh, we'll talk about music, blah, blah, blah. And now we're like, boom, like deep in the like activist stuff, which like, it's super important, but it's funny that I was that, I don't know why I thought we wouldn't be talking about activism. I mean, I want to talk about activism and music, but I mean, this is the important thing. Um, back to your music though. Yeah. You, have you been able to use your music like in uh, disruptions or anything like that? Are you? Yeah, we use that way. The we use the one of the holiday songs. Actually, we use the o, o Animals song as well in a, in a holiday disruption at this large supermarket in Berkeley called Berkeley Bowl. And we had this peace sign, and we sang a few different holiday songs and protest songs and. We just did a big demo and, you know, we all had signs saying peace, you know, and we wanted to hopefully inspire customers to really, you know, decide to to make a compassionate decision, you know, during the holidays because so many animals get slaughtered and eaten, you know, during Christmas and, um, and you know, Thanksgiving and so forth. I think Christmas, I, I mean, I'm not sure what the number is, but million, tens of millions of chickens are or eaten. And, um, of course, you know, Thanksgiving is turkeys. And so, yeah, there was, it was very powerful too. Cause, uh, so many people were singing, we had rehearsed the lyrics Oh, and people had the lyrics behind the, the, um, signs. And so, uh, yeah, we, this, this song was uh, based off, actually it was based off of jingle bells. So instead of jingle bells, it was animals, animals, you know, and then, um, the, this other one, Oh, animals, Oh, animals is actually based off of like the Hanukkah melody, which is like, oh, Hanukkah, oh, Hanukkah, come light the menorah. So, maybe, oh, I didn't even catch it. Yeah, I, I, uh, I had this idea of, of rewriting Christmas songs and 
you know, Hanukkah and just holiday songs in general and rewriting the lyrics to be, you know, animal rights songs because many of the songs in like in Christmas, they're, they're talking about, you know, reindeer being used. And so John Sackers actually rewrote Rudolph, the red nosed reindeer to be Rudolph, the rescued reindeer. And so we sang that one as well. And I, I know in Jingle Bells, you know, it's talking about reindeers pulling a sleigh and so forth. And so I, I think it's, it's a powerful way to, to inject a, a you know, a counter narrative about, you know, yeah. the animals, the animals, uh, perspective. So, yeah, I love it. I, I teach kids music or like preschool music classes. Oh, awesome. and like there's so many times that I'll start singing a, a kid song and be like, Oh shit, this one has animal exploitation in it. Like, so yeah. There are so many songs that just yeah. so I always find a way to like either just not sing the song anymore or like sort of like shift things around a little bit. So yeah, yeah it's it's nice to be able to do that. That's cool. Yeah. So where uh, where can people find your album? Right now, I just have it released on Bandcamp, um, and you know maybe if there's enough demand, I'll I, I've actually been looking into maybe doing a bulk order on some CDs. Um, I guess just most of my friends don't, don't buy CDs anymore. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's a uh, funny just living in the di- digital age now where we can just download everything. So, yeah. uh, I mean, folks can go there, you know, listen to it, you know, if they, if they like it, they can help support me. Um, cause I'm gonna, I'm actually right now working on uh, a second album of uh, animal rights songs, um, that are hopefully going to be released in the next uh, couple months here. And um, I'm hope, hoping there's this uh, big conference coming up in May called the Animal Liberation Conference, which is jointly organized with the Save Movement, Direct Action Everywhere, uh, members of Anonymous for the Voiceless. And so we're going to just have a bunch of, um, you know, activism going on. And I'd like to see just, you know, a, like a, a huge group of people just singing, you know, animal rights songs and and just see how many people we can get, you know. Um, to do like a mass singing demo because I think it's just, it's a very powerful way of reaching people. Yeah, for sure. I, we just did a thing in New York and I think it's a song that you guys have probably already done. It was really, it was my first time to do like a musical disruption like this. And we did it in Bryant park at this big like winter festival. It was really interesting to see because people stopped and like listened. So we were doing this disruption with this, uh, like oh why can't liberation is the song that we did yeah. i forgot yeah, by, and, um, by ernesto yeah yeah yeah, oh, yeah. um it's it's, yeah, it's a great song and um it was really interesting to watch people stop and really listen like normally at a at a disruption when it's just speak outs people like you can see them actively ignoring us you know what i mean or like getting angry and but like when it's music it's a little like Hey, we're just singing a song. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's totally different vibe. And I loved it. Uh, I'm going to make a point of being out there in May. I haven't like figured out where I'm staying or anything else, but I'll, I'll be seeing you at that. That'll, I'm really looking forward to that. That's awesome, Michael. Yeah. I, uh, I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure the fo- houses will be fighting for you to stay. with. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> oh my God. We should wrap this up, but tell me, so we know where to find the album. And everyone who's listening, I'll put links to all of this stuff at MikeyPod.com. So if you're listening on the train or in your car or something, don't worry. You can just go there. Where can we find you on social media? 
social media right now i'm on facebook jason oliver i i just created a page actually so facebook jason oliver you know um if you want or you can you know friend me on facebook too it's like i have a public profile <laughs> uh, uh perfect right now yeah that's pretty much it uh i guess i'm on instagram jason jason vegan on instagram and yeah that's it that's it for the moment um but yeah maybe i'll put out a website when i have more i guess another album out there or something uh, cool. Well, yeah, Bandcamp and like social, like so many things. I have a website, but yeah, like, yours I, is beautiful. But right. I'm often like, oh yeah, I forgot to post something on my website because I like it's yeah. so. I'm so focused on social media. So I mean, I feel like a website is kind of secondary. I mean, it's great, yeah. but like people don't. I don't think people really go to my website. Like, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah. Anyway, that's like a whole side conversation. Uh, thanks so much for joining me and taking the time to be on the podcast. Good luck with your music and people who are listening, please support Jason's music. And thanks. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, take care. Awesome. Thanks, Michael. Yeah. Appreciate it. Hope to see you soon. Oh, animals, oh, animals, we will liberate you. Fight for your freedom, we won't hesitate to speak up for your rights every day, every night. We will not give up, cause we know we are right. So join us in creating beloved communities with compassion and kindness, respect and nonviolence will end animal cruelty. soon have your freedom when more of us be and speak up and take action practicing the law 3.5 percent will rescue animals from places of violence so join us in fighting for a world where we all are free free from injustice hatred and greed we will end animal cruelty that was jason oliver with animals oh animals and that concludes our show. Thanks, Jason, for being on the show today. If you like this podcast or the other free content I produce, feel free to stop over to patreon.com slash Michael Heron, and you can subscribe for as little as a dollar a month for extra bonus content. I'm about to start, well, I have started working on a book and an album based on my solo multimedia show, The Animal Show. Uh, you'll get the first glimpse at all of that and uh, bonus content and all kinds of crazy stuff for as little as $1 a month. So go to patreon.com slash Michael Heron. And I think that's it. Um, yeah, see you next week.